So hello, everyone. Welcome to our uh, new episode of Yale College Voices. And I'm here with Anita Sharif Hyder. Uh, and I'm going to read your, your bio here and then we'll get started. So uh, welcome, Anita. And uh, thank you for taking the time to do this today. I really appreciate it. Uh, Anita is the Associate Head of Trumbull College and serves as the Associate Secretary for the University-wide Committee on Sexual Misconduct at Yale. Uh, Anita has degrees in psychology and counseling from Syracuse University and Towson University. She's also an international, uh, she also has an international background and is multilingual. Anita is of Bangladeshi origin and born in Thailand. Uh, she's lived in Venezuela, Kuwait, Egypt, and India during her formative years. Anita has applied her cross-cultural and counseling backgrounds in higher education administration, initially at the International House of Philadelphia and Kaplan Incorporated, and then for the past 15 years at uh, Yale University with the World Fellows Program and the Provost Office. Anita lives in Trumbull College with her husband, Famid Heider, who is also the head of Trumbull College, along with her two kids here in New Haven, Connecticut. So Anita embraces hospitality and celebrates uh, cultural traditions in service to the vibrant and uh, diverse Trumbull College community. So thank you, Anita, for joining me today. And um, yeah, I'm just happy to have you here and, and be able to, to speak with you today. So I wanted to get a sense, and, and we've met through the Emerge program, mm -hmm. uh, the Emerge Leadership Program, and um, which was a wonderful program, and it was a wonderful opportunity to get to know you. Hard to believe that we've been working in the same building all these years and never <laughs> crossed paths, really. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I wanted to hear a bit more about uh, your background, uh, growing up, uh, you know, leading into your college years, mm -hmm. and then we'll Talk a, talk a bit more. Well, thank you. And, you know, it truly is a pleasure to be in conversation with you, Doris. Mm -hmm. um, in, in terms of my background, so I'll, I'll start from the present and work my way backwards. So, you know, I have been in the U.S. for 30 plus years. Mm -hmm. I came to the U.S. as an international student. You know, you mentioned Syracuse and then for graduate school also. Um, but I'm what you would call, you know, the, the quintessential immigrant. And I've kind of lived that immigrant experience. Um, I was fortunate growing up um, where because of my father's profession, he worked for the United Nations. So we had an opportunity to travel and, and live in different countries. And that certainly influenced you know, my sense of self, my identity, and my place in space in the world, so to speak. Um, I found that from an early age, I had an affinity and um, comfort level with just being in different environments, surrounded by different, you know, cultural traditions and people uh, with an ease that was pretty natural, natural. And maybe that indirectly informed sort of my um, educational and professional path. Um, you know, I'm an outward-facing person, and I think, you know, I derive my energy from being around people. So, um, you know, getting a degree in psychology just in terms of, you know, at its core, you know, relationships, um, interactions with people, and just sort of what makes us who we are mm -hmm. as human beings, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, I've been in higher education administration for most of my professional career, but always kind of adjacent to academia. Mm -hmm. And I've been at Yale now for 15 years. And, you know, my current role, um, you know, at uh, the provost office um, within the UWC, but, you know, more recently, the role at Trumbull, which has really um, allowed me to sort of kind of utilize all my training, mm -hmm. uh, both personally and professionally, in this kind of new setting. Awesome. Awesome. So I, I'm curious, um, you know, we, we spoke uh, uh, a while back or over mm -hmm. the summer, and, you, you know, you explained how your experience in, in college um, affected you 
in, in terms of how you uh, um, either mentor students or, or help students through difficult situations. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about your college years and, and <laughs> how that has brought you into uh, yes. today. Well, if I could redo, I totally would. <laughs> right. But um, only in my memories can I do a redo. But, <laughs> you know, when I think about my 18-year-old self mm -hmm. and obviously what I know now as, uh, well, semi-formed adult, um, you know, mother of uh, two teenagers, 17 right. and 19, right? So the what I reflect on is... Um, you know, my courage and comfort when I was 18 mm -hmm. through 22, let's say, my undergrad years, mm -hmm. like how trusting was I of or being able to kind of seek out and ask for help or just be more forthcoming and proactive mm -hmm. in finding resources that I would need to support my educational experience. Mm -hmm. And you know, I didn't have the wherewithal probably or the comfort level or just the basic um, knowledge mm -hmm. of how to kind of access different kinds of resources. And obviously in this day and age, because, you know, talking about 30 years ago, I mean, there's just so much more available at your fingertips. And um, we are more robust as a society, right, in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, knowing where to find things or who to ask. Um, you know, I, you know, over the years, as I went through my 20s and 30s and I was entering spaces where there was opportunity for, um, you know, more collaboration and, and within a university context, because the infrastructure is there mm -hmm. where there are, you know, there's a place for X and there's a place for Y. And if you can't find it at X, you can go to Y. And right. then there's people or intermediaries mm -hmm. along the way who can kind of point you in the right direction. And that um, kind of support structure is something that I appreciate now. And I'm also mindful of in terms of how I access different resources or how I can connect um, people and resources together. Mm -hmm. um, if I could speak to, um, you know, just one of the things that I intentionally bring to the work that I do mm -hmm. um, in all facets is, you know, it takes time to establish trust. And whether you have an interaction with someone for five minutes or, an, or over an extended period of time, right. You know, how do you nurture and cultivate that trust? Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of effort. It takes intention. It takes authenticity. And it means, um, you know, just really being human and genuine in yes. those interactions. Right. Because you don't know if you will encounter this person again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so why not make those five minutes impactful mm -hmm. um, and hopefully when you've moved on from that interaction, mm -hmm. there's something that lingers or stays and it could manifest, you know, down the road, but that's okay. Right. 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 So, absolutely. so for me, you know, just establishing trust, being able to acknowledge and hear and support in a way that's genuine, mm -hmm. I think is something I try to embody and impart. That's great. And I remember when we when we spoke over the summer that, uh, you know, we talked about the first uh, few weeks being uh, associate head of, of college mm -hmm. and, um, you know, what what your intention would be mm -hmm. as students arrive mm -hmm. and, you know, they're in this new environment and and, you know, embracing that part of the uh, hospitality that that you'd like to offer. Uh, students. So I was curious if you if you don't mind sharing maybe some memorable experiences you've had over the last uh, few weeks. Yeah, sure. Anything well, that we moved. Out? It's been two months, mm -hmm. but I think um, you know I'm a voracious <clears throat> or raging extrovert. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if That's you can't awesome. tell. Um, <laughs> but you know, there's a certain kind of energy and vibrancy just being 
um, obviously, you know, right at the heart of a, mm-hmm. of the college. Mm-hmm. And not only are you interacting with students on a daily basis, there's, you know, the staff, um, you know, there are folks at the dining hall, and then mm-hmm. like people that you kind of have those fleeting conversations as you're passing, mm-hmm. um, like in the courtyard, mm-hmm. and there's the parents and and fellows and colleagues. So it's kind of this wonderful mashup of energy. Mm-hmm. And what's even more exciting is that I think this year we're kind of back to the before times mm-hmm. of like you know what. It felt like pre-pandemic, right? right? Just mm-hmm. kind of really taking the time to have as full an experience as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the uh, first-year events have been lovely mm-hmm. with the receptions and just kind of the welcome that uh, Fameed and I have been able to host. Mm-hmm. We've had a wonderful series of events um, during the month of September, um, at the house, uh, one notable thing that I wanted to highlight, which is memorable for me. Um, so I do a lot of interfaith work in the community, mm-hmm. um, and I've been doing so for the past 10 plus years between Muslim and Jewish communities. Oh. And that's um, something near and dear to my heart mm-hmm. in terms of what it means to be a bridge builder literally and figuratively, and a connector. And just, again, with the backdrop of the world in which we live, I Mm -hmm. think these kinds of relationships and conversations and and allyship is really important. So for Yom Kippur, uh, we hosted our first uh, Yom Kippur dinner, and it was a beautiful kind of evening. It was a wonderful turnout, and... um, the previous head of college and her husband, um, you know, co-hosted the event with us. So it was really, again, very symbolic in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, showcasing our um, faith traditions, mm-hmm. but in this setting of hospitality, mm-hmm. breaking bread again, right. yes. um, literally and figuratively mm-hmm. uh, for Yom Kippur, which was uh, just uh, a highlight. No, oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And a while back uh, over the summer, we talked about how you'd like to bring parts of your culture mm-hmm. uh, into the Trumbull College community. And and I'm wondering if you could share uh, if you've had a chance to do that uh, over the last couple of months or uh, maybe in the future months. Any any exciting plans? Yes. Uh, so, um, you know, we have talked about um, sort of ways of introducing a lot of what we love and enjoy um, in in kind of celebration of, you know, our kind of new role at the college. And obviously uh, for um, anyone and everyone that we encounter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our, I, I think at, at its core, our philosophy is like once you open the doors, everything is welcome Mm -hmm. and vice versa. That's Mm -hmm. something that we also want to embody and and provide. So it's still the first year. Mm -hmm. So a lot Mm -hmm. of um, kind of learning and seeing what has been done Mm -hmm. in in years past or also understanding the the pace and rhythm and flow of college life, Um, knowing that there are peaks and valleys. And, Mm -hmm. you know, right now being October, we're kind of in the heart of the semester and, Mm -hmm midterms happening, et cetera. But uh, there are little uh, spaces and opportunities where we can introduce a little bit of um, nuance and in, in, in how we curate the event. So mm-hmm. obviously this kind of mashup of the Yom Kippur celebration is right. one example. Mm-hmm. Um, for the future, <clears throat> um, one thing that I'll give you a little teaser, actually. Okay. <laughs> um, Great. I also discovered that during the pandemic, um, you know, I've always loved and appreciated poetry. Mm -hmm. And that's something Mm -hmm. that is something that I go to, like a quote or a small poem. I have a a lot of books on poetry that Mm -hmm. sort of nourish me and give me a little uplift when I need it. Mm -hmm. And it it kind of provides a little grounding and reset as you go throughout your day. Mm -hmm. And... um, during the pandemic, because all of a sudden there were all this 
vast amounts of quiet time, yeah. I decided to put a pen to paper and just, you know, write my own mm-hmm. thoughts and, and, and it just kind of poured out of me, right. surprisingly. So I yes. started to write um, poetry and some short stories, etc. And it's kind of picked up in a way where now I'm like, this is something that I want to continue to do. And I'm sure even you, Doris, <laughs> there's a poet within you. <laughs> so knowing that, mm-hmm. like, wouldn't it be wonderful? Yeah. And, and I think knowing that we have a group of 100 plus first years, right. within those 100, there are some poets and quants Absolutely. in the mix. Yeah. So why not put an open call out to just do um, like a very intimate mm-hmm. trumble poetry jam mm-hmm. or celebration or whatever. Yeah. Still have to come up with a catchy name oh, that's great. and have an open call mm-hmm. and obviously first years, but upperclassmen as well, mm-hmm. just to have kind of an open mic mm-hmm. poetry, you know, read your own, showcase somebody that you admire. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's in the works. Awesome. And we're I hoping to launch that um, in a few weeks. Nice. And then obviously, I mean, the hope and how I envision this unfolding is if we have a couple of first years um, take initiative mm-hmm. and it can continue year after year until these first years are seniors. Mm-hmm. What a wonderful thumbprint and legacy they will leave behind. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, um, and it can be something that is carried on from, right. you know, if it's a first-year initiative, like it's something that will carry with them for the four years. And that's sort absolutely. of what I envision. Absolutely. I um, love that idea. And um, obviously in terms of uh, cultural celebrations, um, in the spring, uh there will be occasion to celebrate Ramadan mm-hmm. and Eid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the breaking of the fast is a wonderful um, opportunity to uh, break bread, you know, appreciate sort of the, the sacrifice that we mm-hmm. kind of go through during the month of Ramadan. But mm-hmm. again, over um, a meal and kind of reflection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we hope to have some of those events at, um, with, at the house, for example. Mm-hmm. And at the end of Ramadan is the big celebration of Eid. And again, everything revolves around food, which mm-hmm. is obviously <laughs> right. fantastic that, yes, and awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I think there will be a lot of um, food featured. Mm-hmm. That's great. And, you know, at when you think about hospitality mm-hmm. and community, mm-hmm. like when you're seated around a table, like sharing food, that is just so, um, it's such an effortless and natural way mm-hmm. to share something, share in something that's um, mutually enjoyed. Right, right. right. Oh, that's that's awesome. I, I love the idea of, of the poetry night and, you know, even in, in my mind, I started thinking, wow, wouldn't it be great to publish, you know, have something published each year from, you know. That, um, it's and... funny you say that <laughs> because that also would be a wonderful sort of byproduct. Like, yeah. why not at the culmination of each year's kind of poetry, and it could be once a semester mm-hmm. or or just once a year, however it unfolds, mm-hmm. um, like a mini publication. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so that's I'm noodling with that idea as well. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. I would I love that idea. And 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 know. wouldn't it be nice? Let's take it a step further. Right. Like amongst our kind of orbits of people, mm-hmm. colleagues. Um, and I know you interviewed Daisy, who's a yes. poet. Yes, exactly. Um, I was well. <laughs> yeah. So why not um, have an open call right. and see? Because we know there are writers in the like informal, Absolutely. amateur, not mm-hmm. trained, mm-hmm. but just as kind of like almost a, a hobby. Like, right. Wouldn't it be wonderful just to have an evening where we just Absolutely. share in spoken word? Absolutely. Yes, I'm. I'm in. All right. <laughs> Start writing. I love that idea. 
I don't know if I could be the writer, but <laughs> you could be the 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 curator. I could be the curator. Yes, I'll help you with the tech stuff. <laughs> right. Please, All right? But yeah, I I do love that idea because, like you said, it it can bring bring people together, um, in a different way. You know, out outside of the you know the meetings and yeah. the actual work that we do, but also you know our our interests and mm-hmm. you. you after having a conversation with um, with you over the summer and Daisy as well, and Daisy and I uh, recorded an episode yesterday, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's nice to get to know people uh, outside of mm-hmm. a project, you know, outside of the actual work that we do, but just getting to know people and talking to people, which I I feel like after the pandemic is is kind of still missing mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. our offices because our our you know a, a lot of folks are are working um remotely or hybrid uh so they're you know we're sort of missing each other in the elevator we don't get to see each other as mm-hmm. often except through zoom meetings mm-hmm. and it takes away that uh you know that personal interaction mm-hmm. you know I, I was just thinking the other day how um and, and i don't know maybe they could bring this back in some shape or form but years ago uh when we had holiday parties uh in the dean's office we you know we did the gift exchange and and some of it was you know it it was um it was fun you know mm-hmm. it was actually fun just to see everyone and and uh you know gather for an hour or so and we still have the holiday party now but um i think the 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 gift exchange because they were funny gifts mm-hmm. you know some of them mm-hmm. were you know, uh, is it like the white elephant? Yes. yes. <laughs> and there's, and guess what? I'm the one that got stuck with the ugly bowl. There was an ugly bowl that kept getting Good. exchanged. Yes. <laughs> and I have this ugly bowl sitting under my desk right now that, you know, now I, we haven't had, um, we haven't had a party like that in a, in a long time, but, um, I have to get rid of, <laughs> I have to get rid of the bowl somehow. Um, but no, I, it was fun. Mm-hmm, you know, I think mm-hmm. it was fun and, and, you know, for staff who were brand new mm-hmm. during the pandemic when they started, yeah. yeah, and and you know, a lot of folks are shy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think in some ways it, it at least gave people an opportunity to just see each other in a different, you know, aso- away from work, you know, and mm-hmm. let's just celebrate together and yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I love the idea of having, you know, a poetry night or, you know, mm-hmm. something that gathers staff outside of the yeah. actual day-to-day stuff that we do. Um, so I, I was, I was curious about, uh, um, you know, I know that you are a huge supporter of, of DEIB and, and, uh, our advisory committee. Um, I, I wanted to get a sense for, uh, you know, your, your thoughts on, well, what, what should we sort of tackle first or, you know, what, in your mm-hmm. mind, what, what do you, mm-hmm. um, what are important initiatives, um, from your perspective sure. and, uh, you know, in a year from now, what, what would you love to see the committee to have accomplished by then? Mm-hmm. Um, so I serve on the subcommittee um, within the provost's office, uh-huh. the DEIB subcommittee. Right. So I'm now on year three. Mm-hmm. And um, to your point about sort of how we are as staff and colleagues um, and at all different levels mm-hmm. trying to navigate a hybrid workplace right. and you know, <clears throat> things kind of get lost in a Zoom context. Mm-hmm, and yes, mm-hmm. you can have like the initial chit chat mm-hmm. before everybody hops onto the Zoom meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when we're in person, there's also a sense of, okay, well, we are in the office. We have to kind of be efficient and productive mm-hmm. and, you know, make all of our meetings mm-hmm. um, and still have time for like the face-to-face interaction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are kind of com- um, kind of complementary demands mm-hmm. that we have to maintain on screen and mm-hmm. hybrid, mm-hmm. and then also in person. So, 
what, what does it mean to really, um, you know, bring intention to every interaction, whether it's on Zoom, whether it's in person, and we don't really have um, kind of the time. Um, and, you know, what I am also very mindful of is those fleeting interactions. And I, I spoke mm -hmm. to this earlier. It's mm -hmm. that if I have two minutes with you, whether on Zoom or in person, how can I make that exchange mm. meaningful? Mm -hmm. And it speaks to going a few layers deep, mm -hmm. like that question, how are you? Or how yes, right. are you really? Right. And for somebody that you're meeting the first time, mm -hmm. um, yes, there's some kind of pleasantries in exchange, but if I can bring to that conversation something that might not be focused on like the task or project at hand, mm -hmm. like, oh, so where are you headed to after? Or, um, um, you know, how was your ride in this morning? Or something a little bit two-dimensional in the conversation, mm -hmm. that can open up so many possibilities, right? right. So in, in the DEIB world, mm -hmm. you know, obviously we are kind of looking around more broadly as to who's at the table, who's being invited to the table, mm -hmm. how are authentic and true conversations being had. And even when that is encouraged, is that being received and welcomed in the way um, that the commitment or initiative behind it is actually um, measured or, or invited, right? Mm -hmm. So I um, really, <laughs> I'm trying to find like the right words to uh, kind of describe the, the sentiment, but it's, it's really being authentic and true. Mm -hmm. And there might be a lot of sort of training and initiatives uh, on, you know, DEIB initiatives, mm -hmm. but action mm -hmm. is what counts, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Embodiment is what counts. Who are the people who are delivering certain kinds of messages? Mm -hmm. um, what is our responsibility as a collective um, in this DEIB work mm -hmm. to notice right. um, what voices or, um, you know, what opportunities are not being kind of granted or presented. Mm -hmm. And when you really take the time and you invest the time mm -hmm. to provide these kinds of opportunities for sometimes, you know, difficult conversations mm -hmm. uh, with the goal in mind that this is for the um, greater good. You know, th that way you and I can show up the way we know we want to right. or can. Mm -hmm. um, and there's that trust that's been built, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, <clears throat> you know, coming out of, uh, you know, this is our first year, our first of I don't want to say official year, but, mm -hmm. you know, now that we've shared the results of, of our survey and, you know, that allowed us to take sort of a, a snapshot of the mm -hmm. current climate and figure out, you know, what our next, uh, you know, what are our initiatives for the coming year um, and get, gaining trust from, from, uh, you know, folks who would like to be involved or folks that uh, maybe are, are still unsure, mm -hmm. you know, not, not sure how, how they feel about the, you know, the, the committee or uh, some of the initiatives that, that we mentioned during the staff meeting. Um, and yeah, I, th I think the first part, like you said, is, is transparency mm -hmm. and also gaining trust. Um, but also, being welcoming to, you know, uh, Daisy and I talked about this yesterday. If you'd like to join a meeting, join, you know, join our meeting yeah. and hear about what we're working on. And mm -hmm. if 
And that could be the first of many or maybe just the only meeting you attend. Mm -hmm. And and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay. Exactly. And if you set the tone Mm -hmm. of... Like it's an open call. Right. The invitation is always there. Exactly. Um, come as you want, mm-hmm. come as you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And whether you are there just to listen and absorb, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. And if you're there to, um, you know, impart and encourage and contribute, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, just show up is just kind show of, up for it. yeah, because you... <laughs> And and I tell this is a constant refrain that I also have, and mm-hmm. I use it both personally and professionally, mm-hmm. um, and most especially as a parent. Mm-hmm. It's like I'd rather you ask yes. than not ask. Than not ask, because if you don't, you will never know. Never know. And you know, there's no harm in asking mm-hmm. because, regardless of the answer, at least there's something on the other side that you can kind of, whatever outcome there is, mm-hmm. you can move on accordingly. Right. right. So the the not asking or the kind of not being sure if, am I invited? Mm-hmm. Can I go? If you don't raise your hand and say, oh, may I? Right. I mean, there's right. also a that way too. of asking, yes. right? Yes, it's absolutely. not like you can't just insert yourself, but mm-hmm. there there's a, um, you know, tact and diplomacy, but also kind of ownership and right to ask permission Mm -hmm. um, because you may not always be welcome in certain spaces, but Mm -hmm. at least you've, you know, checked on your account that, Mm -hmm. okay, maybe I I shouldn't go to uh, this thing, but Mm -hmm. maybe that thing might Mm -hmm. be Mm -hmm. a better opportunity, but Mm -hmm. you have to ask. You have to ask. And... uh, you know, this came up yesterday uh, during my conversation with Daisy um, in terms of college experiences and and what we experience as being um, one one of very few uh, mm-hmm. people of color um, on campus. And, and and when I say on campus, I really mean on campus, mm-hmm. one of very many few uh, in my experience, and um, having difficulty. Uh, asking questions because mm-hmm. I, you know, I was very introverted and mm-hmm. uh, shy and didn't really know who to go to. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I'm just imagining students now coming here uh, to Yale. And if, you know, if you're introverted and shy, how, how, how do we as staff um, help those individuals? Because they're, they're always going to be the, the, individuals who um, have no problem, you know, have no problem speaking up or have mm-hmm. no problem asking questions. Um, and that's great. You know, mm-hmm. that's great that they, that they have that um, drive, but um, you know, for the students who mm-hmm. don't have that and are unsure, um, you know, Daisy and I talked about how um she grew up in kind of a community. So it was her immediate family, but also her extended family. Mm-hmm. And they took care of each other. Mm-hmm. And, but not, you know, not everybody, not has, everyone has that. So no, they, so right. you don't, um, you know, if you feel isolated, you yeah. know, if you, if you don't have that around mm-hmm. you. Um, and I guess, so, so my point is, um, yeah, like you said, speaking up or learning how to speak up, but also from the other side, helping people and giving them a platform to feel comfortable enough. Yeah. Uh, like, like we talked about in Emerge, we talked about psychological safety mm-hmm. and, you know, feeling comfortable enough to be able to right. feel that it's a safe, a safe uh, space to, to be able to ask questions, even if they're uncomfortable questions. Mm-hmm. Or you're, you So know. I have, you know, something to add to that. And I really, you know, appreciate sort of you provided this in context because yes there are the extroverts but there are also the introverts or and and again when you're kind of casting the wide net and scanning the room you know mm-hmm. um, who is or who are the people who are more comfortable or proficient or you know j- speaking their mind mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, versus 
the ones who are quietly observing, and maybe after the fact may come up to you and say, right. you know, what you said was exactly. great, or, <laughs> you know, I was thinking the same thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, for those people, or for those kind of folks who are um, kind of watchful and waiting, you know, all the more reason for them to be in those spaces mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. eventually, you know, the, the opportunity will come for mm -hmm. them to, you know, share and speak up because exactly. the safe space has been created because the invitation has been offered. Right, right. Whereas maybe before they were hesitant or didn't ask, you know, can I come or mm -hmm. may I just come in? And so, and it takes different iterations till, and people's degree of comfort right. um, as to how they emerge, yes, no yes. pun intended, <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> differs. And that requires some patience mm -hmm. and, you know, an acknowledgement that it's okay. You show up as how, you know, how you want. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, there's no expectation, but by you being in that space, you're adding value. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So that's a great point. And back to our 18-year-old yes. selves. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, when I came to college, mm -hmm. I was an international student. Mm -hmm. You know, at the time, um, you know, we were living in Egypt and, you know, my parents put me on a plane and I arrived with my two suitcases wow. and, you know, we were <laughs> came from the desert to the tundra. Wow. So like culturally <laughs> yeah. or just adjusting to the yeah. the weather. I mean, yes. all of that happened, mm -hmm. even though I was able to acculturate pretty quickly, mm -hmm. but so much so that I just sort of conformed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and went with the flow, didn't ask questions, didn't know mm -hmm. who to ask. Mm -hmm. I, I just sort of <laughs> followed what was done around me right? And because that was easy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I kept parts of my, myself maybe muted mm -hmm. and you know over time and experience obviously you realize that you know the only person that maybe suffered from this experience was yourself mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. like Absolutely. and if I could redo I was like if I had the kind of you know confidence and proficiency that I have now mm -hmm. as a 21 year old god i would oh, have I been know. like amazing <laughs> exactly i am amazing right you are amazing <laughs> no, I'm just tongue in cheek totally yes, but i yes. like like all those sort of like possibilities or opportunities that i may have missed mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because i held myself back or i mm -hmm. quieted myself or i i was too cautious too mm -hmm. hesitant mm -hmm. and frankly um you know as a woman of color, mm -hmm. you know, there are all these other sort of um, kind of expectations and obligations that I felt I needed to abide by, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which now as an adult, I'm like, well, maybe not okay. so much. <laughs> exactly. Right? right. And um, that's actually a regret that I have. Mm -hmm. So now in terms of my conversations with students mm -hmm. and people that I work with, people that I mentor. I've, I've served um, through the Working Women's uh, Network as a mentor oh. to a couple of um, younger kind of emerging mm -hmm. staff. I didn't realize that. Um, so, you know, th that's sort of some of the, the pearls of kind of, you know, experience that I try to impart mm -hmm. is that, you know, you... You know, use the opportunities and access that you have now mm -hmm. to open the doors wider. You know, I necessarily, you know, I access those doors much later, but you have it now. Right, right. And so what does that mean to yeah. really take advantage mm -hmm. of the opportunities that come your way? Yeah. And um, because you won't know until you try or until you ask. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Um, That's mm -hmm. great. Um yeah, I, I agree. I have same same regrets. You know, it's uh, I didn't ask questions, mm -hmm. or you know, there were times I made assumptions that oh, yeah, you know, maybe I I can't be part of this for whatever reason. Whether we, we self selected yes. or we kind of self censored, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. because again, 
you know, what our experience was 30 plus years ago. Mm. I mean, the world is so much so more different. different. Right? <laughs> um, and thankfully, yes. you know, we are still able to reflect on what we did in the past. Mm -hmm. and, and it kind of has informed how we are operating now. Absolutely. And, you know, testament to us being in the Emerge program mm -hmm. and having a little kind of access and subset of, I think, you know, through our Emerge colleagues, mm -hmm. um, maybe we had some similar lived experiences, right? right. Um, as we were moving through our professional lives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what a perfect time for us, I think, to be acknowledged and be appreciated, mm -hmm. but also know that we provide value and can contribute significantly. Right. Um, even if it's on a one-on-one -on -one basis mm -hmm. or like two or three people mm -hmm. on either side of us, that in and of itself, I think is enough because mm -hmm. the ripple effects will continue. Effect. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. I, so I'm curious for you and and I'll, and I can share um, w during emerge. Um, do you feel that there was sort of a pivotal moment, uh, you know, as we, you know, and I'm saying you know a lot, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> we that's tried an to inside avoid joke. It, right? <laughs> it's an inside joke. We we'll, tried we'll, to avoid we'll, it. we'll calibrate our ums, likes, and you knows after this. But <laughs> exactly, <laughs> we're having a beautiful conversation. I, I, I enjoy the the natural flow of a, a conversation. <laughs> but dur so during emerge, uh, as we went through, you know, we did the readings, we had lots of presentations, mm -hmm. lots of exercises and interactions with, with our cohort, um, our, our, our co cohort, as well as the previous cohort, uh, speakers and, and so on. And, and I'm curious if there was sort of a, a pivotal moment as, you know, as you're sitting there, um, listening to all of these things and, I'm not sure if it happened for you, but where there's a moment where it just all sort of clicks and you start thinking, yeah, why, why do I hold myself back? Or why, you know, why am I doing these things? And what, it's time to stop, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, that, you know, that, did you have one of those moments where? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think what was the most like the natural kind of progression mm -hmm. of the experience, because obviously hearing from, you know, various different Yale leaders and, and actually going behind the curtain to see how the, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what's the metaphor sausage is made. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I might mix my metaphors. I don't know. But, um, you know, like for everything from like the, the financial mm -hmm. aspects of this university to, um, some of the kind of the strategic long-term and short-term planning, like mm -hmm. all of that was actually very fascinating and affirming. I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm part of something right. that, you know, there is, you know, even though the messaging or the optics publicly might present a certain way, mm -hmm. there is a lot of thought behind right. it. And right. there are people who are giving, um, this work a lot of thought, mm -hmm. careful thought. Mm -hmm. And um, so that I found, um, you know, very comforting. And obviously I take pride in, in, you know, being part of this institution and, you know, my contributions and support of uh, during my time here. But the, the sessions with Heidi Brooks, mm -hmm. um, obviously she was at the beginning and at the, yeah, end, at the end. And those were nice bookends because, mm -hmm. you know, it spoke to sort of identity and DEI. Like, yeah. like if we look across the room, like, why are we here? Right. And I think that kind of clicked in a way mm -hmm. that uh, we do belong mm -hmm. and we can contribute. Mm -hmm. And um, the exercise she had us do where we had to write. Um, do you remember what it was? Like, I, I, I'm trying to remember the prompt. Uh, we had to write. 
like just something about um, our experience or a, re a reflection because she had yeah. she read a piece right. of hers about um, oh like where she came from like right. you know and that uh, that stood out in my that mind. exactly yeah, like yeah. we we might have all you know what does pedigree mean yes, yes. and um, that again I've been thinking about a lot mm -hmm. and I remember the piece that I decided to read. And this will be uh, maybe a poem someday. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is who has access to mm -hmm. access, mm -hmm. and there, you know, how is access given? How is access um, shared? Mm -hmm. And how is access um, selective? Yeah, yeah. And and. I think that was sort of like the aha moment because we were at the end of our program and, you know, there are certain benchmarks and, and expectations that we have individually and then as a group as we are moving on. Right. Um, and that stood out to me um, as something to really carefully think about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my role in sort of and I speak to being a bridge builder mm -hmm. and a connector, that requires access. Mm -hmm. So how can I, um, you know, create these kinds of spaces for all the people that I interact with and interface with meaningfully mm -hmm. um, so that, again, as we scan the room and we're thinking about which... Uh, you know which voices might be quieter or mm -hmm. muted, mm -hmm. um, providing that access so that eventually those voices can be heard more louder and clearer, clearer, clearer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's that's excellent. I um, I had a similar moment where I felt like, you know, like you said, it was a a, a moment of belong feeling that sense of belonging mm -hmm. but also figuring out what what do I have to offer someone else to you know like you said to be uh, uh, like a, a conduit mm -hmm. to something greater mm -hmm. and it it also I'm, and I'm trying to remember what that prompt was but I know I have of, to it's like yeah, I have to go have back to look, and look, look, yeah, look, at, look it. at my notebook <laughs> But I do remember that as, as I was writing, and I can't remember if it was one of uh, one of our other cohort members who who just mentioned, um, would their parents or their you know their mm -hmm. ancestors ever imagine that their descendant would be in this position, mm -hmm. um, working at Yale, you know, and uh, doing what we do and and. Uh, it, that really struck me mm -hmm. for for myself mm -hmm. because, uh, yeah, I, I my my parents uh, grew up in the South and mm -hmm. you know uh, they they did farm work and mm -hmm. you know would my ancestors ever imagine that I could be sitting here today talking to you and that I work in IT and do all these things I I yeah that it really struck me because mm -hmm. it's like yeah that's that's a, that's pretty a, amazing thought. And how do I contribute, you know, how do I become a vehicle for someone else to, to do this and more? Yes. And, um, you know, and, and I can go on all day about how I've been trying to be more mindful about that mm -hmm. and, and what I do and, and what I, um, uh, you know, whatever I have in my power to, to accomplish right now. Uh, you know, we participating in New Haven Promise and mm -hmm. doing all of these other mm -hmm. things, and um, yeah, that that was a moment for me because I, I felt like, wow, you know, I, I wish I had access to a lot of these things when when I was younger, but I I didn't. But mm -hmm. here I am, you know, here I am. But, but, and, but I, now now yeah. you do, and now so I what do. does it mean to? you know, open that door, open that so door that for someone else. For someone else. Yeah. And, you know, that translates to sort of when I think about, um, you know, my role at Trumbull College, mm -hmm. right? 
um, you know, I think we're the first South Asian and Muslim heads of a college mm -hmm. in at Yale. Yeah. And, you know, that comes with great responsibility. It's also very humbling yes. because, you know, being the f first ex, I mean, th that shouldn't be the qualifier, right? you know? Mm -hmm. It should be, you know, through merit or whatever, like whatever the access has been, mm -hmm. you know, has been a journey, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So what does this responsibility mean? What does it mean to sort of embody who we are, our mm -hmm. true selves, in a in a really open and inclusive way? Mm -hmm. And you know, I I think about that in my role as an ambassador mm -hmm. of sorts, mm -hmm. spokesperson, a mentor, mm -hmm. a guide, a teacher. I mean, all I'm trying <laughs> all to think of all things. the fun adjectives, all the hats, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, this all speaks to, you know, our, our time is temporary and mm -hmm. transitional mm -hmm. because we have people who will follow. Right. And, you know, maybe the immigrant kind of mentality in me is like whatever I've worked hard to achieve um, has been through my own kind of... Um, Toil. I mm -hmm. mean, it wasn't necessarily handed to me, even mm -hmm. though I mm -hmm. had access, mm -hmm. in, you know, through my upbringing. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a lot of blessings through and, and opportunities thanks to, you know, my parents having certain access, right? But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, all, all of that is taken with humility mm -hmm. because... These are fleeting, mm -hmm. and um, you, know, you have to sort of remember and appreciate what it took to get mm -hmm. here. And um, you know, I have tremendous appreciation and gratitude for my ancestors. Mm -hmm. um, would they have imagined mm -hmm. that I'd be here, you know, <laughs> talking to you? And, and when I think about you know my husband um, and the role that he's in, like would Right. So it's a lot of sort of, I mean, if that isn't humbling, then yeah. I don't know what is. Absolutely. Right? Yes. And yes. Um, it's it's with tremendous humility and appreciation and responsibility mm -hmm. that um, we take on this role. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And ah, it, yeah, this is Do you great. have all the feels? Yeah, stories? I've got all the feels, and <laughs> and you know, I I told Daisy yesterday, it's like my my brain goes off in twenty directions, and <laughs> oh, what, wouldn't this be great? Wouldn't that be? Um, I have to get better at writing down my ideas. That that's something I did learn in, in emerge. I you know, you have those moments. Like I'll have moments, and and I have to get better at capturing those things. But uh, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, so we're almost at the end of our time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are two big things that I, I think are, came up today, which is ac access and responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm i wondering if you have um, anything that you'd, you know, like to close with um, along those lines in, in terms of our, our responsibility. And when I think of responsibility, I, I think of responsibility to ourselves, but you know, it, it's almost like a, a multiple circles, right? Mm -hmm. Responsibility to ourselves, responsibility to our mm -hmm. sort of inner circle, mm -hmm. and then responsibility to our community. Um, and then, like you said, access. And mm -hmm. what what do we do with access? And access to access, right? And uh, That's so, going to be my memoir, by right? the way. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'd love to hear, sure. you know, if you have some closing thoughts on, on those two things. Um, that's such a beautiful way to kind of summarize our conversation because, um, you know, one of the opportunities I had during the pandemic was to immerse myself in the training and teaching and learning and certification of restorative justice practices mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it informs the work that I do mm -hmm. um, you know, at the UWC, but just personally as well. And um, one of the founding fathers of the work, Howard Zare, mm -hmm. um, has 
um, you know, he's he's obviously written a lot, but he has these kind of mantras of 10 ways to live restoratively. Oh, yes. And it speaks to a lot of the themes that we've covered today. And I wanted to, he has 10 ways, but I um, wanted to highlight four. Okay. Okay. So 10 ways to live restoratively. Okay. Take relationships seriously, envisioning yourself in an interconnected web of people, institutions, and the environment. Mm. Involve those affected by a decision as much as possible in the decision-making process. Listen deeply and compassionately to others, seeking to understand even if you don't agree with them. Think about who you want to be in the latter situation rather than just being right. Engage in dialogue with others even when what is being said is difficult remaining open to learning from them and the encounter. And finally, sensitively confront everyday injustices, including sexism, racism, and classism. So these are just a couple. I mean, there, he has 10 total, but mm-hmm. um, I guess I have one more because okay. this one just popped out at <laughs> <Sure>. me. <laughs> I, I should have just read the whole list. <laughs> Um, because they're just so beautiful. Yes. So this will be like the the my closing mm-hmm. kind of uh, Zare kind of teaching um, that I'll um, read. Okay. Treat everyone respectfully, mm-hmm. even those you don't expect to encounter again, mm-hmm. even those you feel don't deserve it, even those who have harmed or offended you or others. So again, grace, compassion, dignity, respect. Right. Um, be true to yourself. Continue, you know, on your path forward. And if somebody isn't kind of with you yet or maybe hesitant, that's on them, mm-hmm. not you. Mm-hmm. So that's beautiful. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, yeah, I think it, it speaks volumes to who you are and mm-hmm. what I've experienced uh with you and from the literally the day it I was met love you. at first yeah, sight. Yeah, it was love <laughs> at first sight. It was. It, you know, it, <laughs> it makes such a huge difference when you like you said, when you encounter someone, even if it's going to be for a couple minutes mm-hmm. or, you know, for us it was several months, but uh that first ten seconds can make an such mm-hmm. an impact on someone, mm-hmm. whether, you, you know, I, I'm always conscious of sm- smiling at someone mm-hmm. if I'm passing, uh, passing through, or if I meet you for the first time, um, I try to be con- conscious of those, those moments because it, it, it can either late, like you said, the recipient can do what they will with it, but sometimes it can make such a difference yeah. with someone. And um, yeah, and like I said, all of that kind of, I, I see it in you because that is how you, you know, how you were the day I, I first met you. And, and thank you. Yeah, it was <laughs> just a very warm, I, I didn't know you, but it was like, wow, I feel like I know you <laughs> because you, you know, it was just that immediate, um, hospitality and and that immediate uh warm interaction and and leading to me okay I want to know more I I would love to get to know this person and Mm -hmm. and um yeah I just really uh, appreciate that and and I and I feel it has a ripple effect you know I, I think it absolutely um like I said could be a few seconds to you know if you interact with someone Mm -hmm. regularly so um, you know, yes. I, I firmly believe that you're supposed to meet the people you do at certain moments in your life. Yes. And there's a reason. Absolutely. Right. Yes. So the fact that we met when we did mm-hmm. at this juncture of our lives, there is a rhyme and a reason for it. Yes. And it will continue to show up in these kinds of, you know, <laughs> partnerships yes, and collaborations yes. and 
you know, how lucky are we? Right. 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 So Absolutely. what a blessing that is. So it thank is. you. Thank you. I, no, I thank really you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Let's <laughs> just like, keep no, going. Thank, thank you. you. Yes. <laughs> but no, truly, um, again, we're at our time, but, but thank you so much, Anita. I, I really, truly appreciate that you've taken the time to um, chat with me mm-hmm. and just your support. You know, you've been very supportive. Well, I'm your of this number project one fan, and, my friend. <laughs> I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Share it with your friends. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Please share the link. Um, and uh, as you know, we're we're going to uh, post the podcast on Spotify. Mm-hmm. We have all of our social media set up. So we have our uh, Instagram, Yale College Voices. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, I'm just really excited to see. Uh, what impact it may have. And like I said, if, if it's just one person. If it's, who, hey, for the one person yes. that's listening. <laughs> the one person, <laughs> you know. Thank it, you for listening. Exactly. You know, I, yeah, I, I think it's so important. Um, we, we pass lots of folks all day, every day, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't know the story behind that person until you Absolutely. take time to get to know yes. them. And, um uh, you know, I just hope that in the hour that we spend together, that if it has that impact on that one person, that then, you know, the, the podcast is a, is a success, success to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you so much, Anita. And um, yes, thank you for your support. And again, it, it was just lovely uh, speaking with you today. So my pleasure. Thank you. So awesome. thank you.